Empire. Matt, thanks for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Richard. Good to be here. Awesome. Let's jump right into it. Um, you know, the Nationals, they fly out to L.A., a lot of down, a lot of players uh, go in, get swept by the Dodgers. Um, were, in your mind, was there any positives coming out of that series? Uh, well, you know, the, the pitching wasn't all that bad. They, they get a few good starts, um, you know, from uh, guys like Scherzer. Uh, and Ross in that series, was it Ross? Sorry, yeah. I'm pulling everything up right now. Yeah, Ross in that series went five innings, scoreless, and Scherzer put together a pretty good start, and then uh, Tanner Rainey gives up that late bomb there uh, in that game. So the starting pitching was at least holding up its end. Obviously, Corbin in his first start wasn't as advertised, but you know he had that big layoff before he was coming in. So I think he can be at least excused there. Uh, for that first start. So overall, the pitching was there. It was just kind of the offense, which, you know, you kind of expected to be a little bit lackluster with them missing guys like uh, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Bell, Josh Harrison, you know, some key pieces uh, right in the middle of that batting order that have come really come through in this Cardinal series for them. So uh, overall, you know, it was just kind of as expected. We're hoping uh, for the Nationals to get at least one win in that series. That way they come out of that first six game stretch, two and four, but unfortunately they don't, they're one and five and they go in the Cardinal series really needing uh, to get a series win. It seemed like the LA series was a little bit weird just in general, because you're right, they didn't have all their nat nationals didn't have all their players. You have like, obviously the Dodgers kind of celebrating um, their world championship. Um, what, like, what, like, what was like the vibe like for during press conferences after or you know, was it upbeat or, you know, just gets, you know, give us that. It was just a whole lot of, uh, you know, we, we know we're down a bunch of players. We're just, you know, going to battle every day and, you know, trying to take things one day at a time, which, you know, the whole let's go one and know today thing has been Davey's mantra for a couple of years now. So that's, that's no different. I think just where we're at right now with the nationals, fans are, are getting tired of these slow starts and they want to see the nationals jump out to an early lead in the division, you know, something that they kind of grew used to with the division uh, in years prior when the Braves were rebuilding and the Mets had up and down seasons and the Phillies were, you know, just caught, you know, at the bottom of the division and the Marlins have been the Marlins. So now that the rest of the division is finally caught up to the nationals, there's kind of been this, Oh, you know, we're, we're constantly playing from behind vibe with this team. Uh, and I think fans are, are really looking for them to, to get off to stronger starts. But the way the Nationals see it, you know, they were dealt a bad hand with, with the COVID situation and they've done the best they can. And now that they've got pretty much everybody back in tow, John Lester is the only one who has yet to rejoin the club. Uh, you know, they feel like, OK, it, it's time to get going. And we saw in this series, it took two or three from the Cardinals, uh, what they can do when they do have everybody uh, in that lineup. Yeah, um, you know, I think Davey even mentioned during one of his pre um, press conferences a while back that he wants to get off to a fast start opposed to like, you know, coming from 19 and 31 uh, and then, you know, going on to win a World Series. Like maybe that could be like the key. Um, moving forward, um, let's just quickly talk about the St. Louis series. Um, Nationals, they fly to St. Louis. They get some of their A-team back. Like you mentioned, Josh Bell, 
um, Kyle Schwerber, uh, Harrison. Um, they put together a series win, very seemed like a little patchy at times. Um, you know, what were some of the positives in your mind that um, you saw, you know, with the series? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be happy with the way uh, that the, the starters have come out and, and the way that these replacements have really shown up quickly. I mean, we've already seen Brad Hand secure a save. We, we've seen Josh Bell, Josh Harrison, and Kyle Schwarber come in and make immediate impacts in the lineup. Uh, you know, Patrick Corbin didn't pitch very well in that first start, but, you know, they're looking for at least to get some innings out of him in this upcoming series with the Diamondbacks. Uh, so, you know, th this has been a, a sigh of relief, I think, for the team to, to get some of these guys back, you know, to, to get their catching tandem back uh, to, to full strength after starting the year with Jonathan Lucroy, a guy who wasn't even in with the club uh, until the morning of opening day. You know, just they mm -hmm. were they were dealing with such a weird situation. Uh, now they, they finally feel like they have, you know, their squad. This is, this is the guys that they felt like they were going to be able to make a run with. And, and, and now we're kind of seeing all of that on display. What, who, um, which player has really stood out to you, um, both maybe the pitcher or the pitching or the offense? Yeah, I think to me, it's been Josh Harrison since he came back in this series. Uh, I believe he's six for 10. Uh, he reached base four times today. Uh, you know, drawing walks, getting on base with, with some slap hit singles, uh, you know, and he plays pretty solid defense at second base. He's a guy who takes pride on his ability to play all over the field, but second base has kind of been his, his dominant position uh, over the course of his MLB career. So to see a guy settled into that position now uh, and hitting well, making an impact down at the bottom of the order where the Nationals really could use it, uh, considering how top heavy things looked early on with, with Turner and Soto really carrying things for the offense uh, in that first week. It, it's, it's been very nice to see for the Nationals. I think they've got to be pleased with the production they've gotten out of him, especially considering, you know, they were expecting him to be a utility guy uh, going into spring training. They were really hoping Carter Keboom would win the third base job. They'd have Starlin Castro at second uh, and, and Harrison would just kind of be a fill-in guy wherever needed. But as, as Keboom continued to struggle throughout spring, it became increasingly clear that Harrison was going to need to be relied on as somewhat of an everyday player, at least in the early goings, while Keboom got more at-bats down at the alternate site. And so far, you know, the, the Nationals got to be pleased because, you know, Harrison is showing that he's still got something left in the tank. Do you think, can you see him kind of like keeping that position further into the season? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the Nationals are a team that have been built on veterans before. And if he shows that, you know, he can handle the job every day and, and hit for decent average. And, and like I was saying before, really provide that presence at the bottom of the lineup uh, to help turn things over and get those you know top two guys back up there more quickly. I, I see no reason why the Nationals shouldn't stick with him. Uh, you know, he's, he's been impressive. He's a veteran guy. He, they brought him back. Uh, after he joined the club midway through last year because they loved his clubhouse presence. Uh, and that's something that Davey Martinez values incredibly highly. So, uh, you know, if he continues to be that important presence in the clubhouse and in his bat and his, his glove back it up. I mean, I, I absolutely think that he could stick with the nationals the rest of the year. Yeah. That's, that would be interesting to see the development um, moving forward. Um, man, I had a, I had a question. I should have wrote it down before. Maybe I'll pop it into my head. Um, Joe Ross, maybe we can just dive in a little bit into him. Um, his two starts this season have been extremely impressive. Um, what has stood out to you watching him pitch? And do you think that when, uh, Lester gets back into the mix, uh, Ross will officially like become that fifth starter, or do we still see that Ross both Fetty mix kind of going, going through? Yeah, it looks like Ross is going to be the fifth starter, even when uh, we do get Lester back. I think 
the big thing is they'll have one of those other two guys you just mentioned available to kind of piggyback off of Ross if he does run into trouble. In seasons past, he's really struggled against the lineup the third time through. Uh, and that's kind of been something where you wonder if, if Davey's going to have a quick hook. He obviously didn't today. Uh, and he, uh, pitching very well, didn't show any signs of slowing down deep in the lineup, even when he's facing guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Yadier Molina. You know, he, he's pumping strikes. Uh, his ability to limit the walks is going to be really big for, you know, a guy who didn't pitch at all last year and, and was coming off Tommy John surgery the year before the nationals are going to be cautious with his pitch counts and his innings. They're, they're probably not going to want him to reach, you know, 200 innings this season. Uh, so they'll have to have a, a bit of a quicker hook at some point throughout the year, just to keep him healthy. Uh, but you know, with the way he's pitching right now, it's hard to, to justify taking him out, you know, mm -hmm. when he's through six scoreless, uh, so we'll see how much uh, Davey is willing to push him, willing to let him go into starts. Uh, but as for right now, his spot in the rotation seems absolutely secure. Um, <clears throat> talking about the sixth inning, a little, little, uh, you know, miss on the base bases. Um, talking to Davey um, after the, uh, after the game, did he talk about that inning or, you know, was it kind of like a, some, like the, the broadcast had like a possible, you know, delay steal from third to go home. So maybe missed a sign. What, what was the, you know, did anybody ask him about that? Yeah, we didn't get to talk to Davey about that, but oh, okay. it did definitely look like uh, it was a, some kind of situation where Robles was supposed to be running uh, just from my vantage point watching. Uh, you know, it, it, this is early in the season. It's definitely something that the Nationals need to clean up is the base running. They haven't been particularly effective on the base pass in general uh, so far to start the year. So, you know, Soto has already been thrown out, I believe, twice. Um, it might even be three times. Uh, he does have one stolen base. But, you know, he's a guy who coming into spring, he was saying he wanted to steal more bases this year. And he wants to make that more of a part of his game. So it's going to come down to can he make the smart decisions? And, and Soto has shown that he can make smart decisions all over the, the field, no matter whether he's playing defense or he's at the plate. Uh, so I, I definitely think that he'll figure things out as the season goes on. The Nationals in general uh, will get more on the same page with each other uh, as the season goes on. But, you know, for right now, they're just trying to uh, figure things out. They're still getting guys back in, guys who, who haven't you know played uh, all the way up to this point. So um, didn't get to talk to Davey about that, but definitely think that there was some miscommunication there. Um, what, what do you think of uh, Soto's play in right field uh, so far? Yeah, a lot of slides I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> he's, he's not diving forward, which is uh -huh. good. You know, that's a, that's a good way to get hurt. Uh, we, we've seen it time and time again with a lot of players. So, you know, for him to, to do that, it shows he's trying to protect his body while also making good plays uh, out there and right. I think, you know, the bar isn't super high for right fielders in general. Those That's a position where you generally have one of your better hitters. Mm -hmm. uh, so in order to be one of the best right fielders in the game, he probably doesn't need to be, you know, a Mookie Betts. Uh, but it, it, he can definitely, he's shown that even with his range being a little bit below average, he's able to make good plays when he's near the ball. He takes good routes to it, uh, you know, and he keeps the ball in front of him. That's the important thing. I mean, we saw, uh, I forget what the center fielder's name was in, in, for the Cardinals today, but he made that, that diving play and it got past him. And we saw Tommy yeah. Edmond do it uh, yesterday. Uh, in, in the ninth inning, diving for a ball and it getting past him. I don't think we're going to see Soto doing a whole lot of that where, you know, he, he's selling all out to make a play and, and ultimately ends up costing, you know, an extra 90 or 180 feet. So uh, I, I think he's playing conservative, but for a guy who isn't as fast as maybe some other outfielders 
it seems to be the smarter play. One of the things that I've noticed about him in right field, and correct me if I'm wrong, his arm and hitting those cutoffs really um, have been really spot on. Like, I don't think that he's missed a cutoff so far. Um, if he has, I probably, you know, obviously missed it. But like, it seems like he's doing like really a really good job of, you know, getting that ball in and kind of uh, preventing that extra base Um apparently you know considering some other people that used to play um uh, right field uh so uh what are your thoughts on that yeah i don't think that he has the strongest arm in the world when he mm-hmm. throws to home plate it tends to be getting there on a bounce or two uh it'll be online i'll agree i think he, he's accurate uh and hitting the cutoff man seems to be you know well within range of him being able to throw out guys at second base and things like that People haven't really tested Soto's arm, you know, at least in the early goings of this season. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when he does get the opportunity to try and throw a guy out at second or throw him out at third, if, if he can complete those throws. But uh, I think for for what we've seen, uh, he, he's making the plays he needs to make. It's just a question of can he, he make that jump uh, and, and make those star plays where you circle and look back on at the end of the year as being indictments on uh, how good of a fielder he can be. Um, so I remembered my question from earlier. <laughs> so gotcha. uh, I was like, really, I, I even wrote it down before, um, just in case I missed it. So obviously, we saw a very different lineup than we've normally seen uh, today um, on Wednesday. Victor Robles hitting, la- uh, you know, somewhat in the lower half opposed to him him leading off. Um, you know, take us maybe through some of the, like your thoughts on that. And, you know, apparent, like I've noticed that like he's been, Victor Robles has been getting on base on for, you know, the lead off and he's been really good. Was there like, uh, was Dave, was Martin, David Martinez just kind of wanted to switch things up a little bit to maybe spark things? Yeah, I think that's really what it was. He's been wanting to try out uh, Trey Soto one, two since spring training ended. That's kind of been something he wanted to do, but he, wanted to give Robles a chance to, to get used to be hitting lead off, you know, how it's a bit of a different approach than hitting farther down in the order. So uh, he was able to give him that look. I think what we could see at some point is, is Robles hitting lead off against lefties. And then when we see it, you know, them face right-handed pitchers, like we did today, uh, you know, him hit farther down the order. I really like the idea of, of hitting the pitcher eighth and, and having Robles in that nine spot, uh, you know, because uh, Ryan Zerman was talking about this after the game today, it doesn't really matter what who's first who's second who's third it's it's who hits after one another mm-hmm. uh after that first inning you know from there everything else is a crapshoot it's just whoever ends up being up at a given time and you know to be able to get a guy like Robles hitting in front of Trey Turner I think that's pretty significant you know if you're hitting Robles first it does it's not as necessarily important to have somebody uh who can get on base in that nine spot because Robles isn't going to hit a ton of home runs Trey Turner has shown that pop he's shown that you know the ability to hit for extra bases where you want somebody on base in front of him uh, and to have Robles, a guy who uh, going into the game today had gotten reach base in every single game this season. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty crucial, you know, for, mm-hmm. for later in the game, when you get Trey Turner up with two outs and a runner on first, it's very different from him coming up with the bases empty uh, because, you know, he's that threat to, to drive that guy in no matter what. Uh, so, so I, I think that it's a smart play. It's something we've seen from Davey before hitting that, that pitcher eighth. He did it a lot with, with Robles and Wilmer Defoe in the past, getting that, those guys in that nine spot, you know, somebody who can steal a base, 
uh, you know, Robles has approached 20 uh, stolen bases in his career before, and I think he could absolutely do it again if he gets on enough this year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Davey kind of sticks with moving forward. In the past, we've seen him really like to keep guys locked into certain spots and not really move them around depending on the platoons and everything. Uh, but, you know, you, you never know. This could be a year where they try something different. I agree with you. I didn't think about having Robles on base uh, for Turner, uh, for Trey Turner and Juan Soto because <clears throat> Robles also, I mean, Robles also has that speed. So like, mm-hmm. that would be really good to, you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, I want to kind of touch briefly touch upon um, the Strasburg issue, uh, not issue the situation uh, from uh, Tuesday night. Um, obviously, there's a lot to unpack. Maybe we, we can not talk about the camera because I mean, I don't whatever. Um, yeah. But like all of his metrics were down. Um, the velo was down. Um, you know, some people, um, you know, looked like, you know, said that he was off from like the first inning. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game. So I kind of wanted to get your impressions. And I know that, you know, in the press conference after the game, there was a lot of talk about um, the camera. So I want to know if, you know, what Davey Martinez said about the actual pitching performance. Yeah. So what the the general consensus from him and from Strasburg was just that he was off. Uh, you know, there was uh, an issue with him not landing on his plant foot very well. Uh, you know, not following through and it, and it hurt his location, particularly his fastball. He just wasn't able to locate. And, and that's why the velocity was down. He said he wasn't actually putting all of his effort into the, the fastball, trying to take, you know, a couple ticks off of it just so that he could better locate it because he just felt like if he was whipping it down there, he wasn't putting it in, in the spots that he wanted. So uh, he, he, you know, typically isn't going to throw as hard as he can right in the beginning of his start. He's going to test it out. And he never felt comfortable to ramp up that speed any farther uh, as he got in the game. And obviously, you know, going into the fifth inning, uh, he, he, eventually was pulled to the point where he wouldn't even have the chance to do it anyway. Uh, so he was just off and you know, we saw him in that first start. He was fantastic. He tossed six shutout innings. I mean, this is, if this was his first start, I think people would be freaking out even more. Uh, but you know, we've seen him at his best and we've seen him at his worst mm-hmm. in the first two starts of the year. So he's probably going to be somewhere in between the rest of the way. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that or, or the fact that he was spotted rubbing his shoulder in the, in the tunnel uh, you know, pitchers do stuff like that all the time in between innings. And yes, he did look bothered. And, and there is a, it's important. They, they mentioned this on their broadcast today, but it's important to differentiate uh, a pitcher pitching through an injury versus a pitcher being bothered by something uh, mm-hmm. during a game. You know, there, there are a lot of times where Strasburg has talked about, oh, my calf uh, cramped up during the start, but he pitched through it and it, it wasn't significant enough to prevent him from getting through a start. I think whatever he was dealing with, with his neck or shoulder, it wasn't significant enough for him to warrant uh, telling his coaches about it, telling his trainers about it, or telling the press about it. Uh, so it probably isn't really a big deal at all. Uh, and, and we're just going to have to wait and see what he does in his next start. You know, th- that fastball velocity is something we're going to want to pay attention to. Uh, we're going to want to you know, probably see that a little bit higher than it was in this past start, more like it was in his first appearance. Uh, but overall, you know, I think Strasburg isn't worried. Martinez isn't worried. Uh, they're saying, look, he, he was just off. He had a bad start. And this isn't the first time Strasburg's been shelled in his yeah. career. I mean, that's the fourth time he's given up uh, seven earned runs or more. So this has happened. Uh, and he's gone on to do great things after that. So I don't think there's any reason to hit the panic button right now uh, and worry about you know his ability to, to pitch like the ace that the Nationals are paying him to be. 
Um, we should all wrap him in bubble tape, bubble wrap, and just like have him be like a bubble boy. So he doesn't, yep. um, why didn't Davey, um, kind of pull him if when he saw that he was struggling, uh, during the, you know, during the later, during the game, was it just, you know, he, he felt he had confidence in Strasburg to maybe like pitch through it or, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what other, you know, reasons did anybody ask him that question? Yeah. He literally said he's Steven Strasburg. Uh, and the Nationals were were in that game at the at going into the fifth inning. They were down five to one, uh, and you know that's when the wheels really fell off for him. And then of course they they bring in uh, Luis Avilon, who gives up all the runs on base. Um, but you know going into that point, you know he had given up five runs, but the Davy felt confident enough to to send Strasburg back out there despite the him missing his spots, despite him not throwing as hard as he can. You know he felt like he was able to to weather it and, and get through it. So. Uh, you know, you, you can uh, be upset about that if you choose, but, you know, Martinez showed confidence in his pitcher and he got burned for it and that'll happen. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think moving forward, there, there's going to be that same confidence in Strasburg for, you know, that the, he's, he's the 2019 world series MVP. He's, he's a multiple time all-star he's, you know, finishing the top uh, among Cy Young pitchers. Uh, you know, he's a guy that the nationals have, have confidence in they're paying him uh, <laughs> enough where you would definitely believe it. So, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's just a testament to the confidence that Martinez has in the right-hander. Do you think that, um, moving forward, Martinez and be a little bit more, um, conscious about, uh, or focused on, oh man, I, I, you know, I don't want to get burned on Matt's Twitter again, or, um, you know, or Facebook. I don't think he cares if I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and look, Mart Martinez is a guy who keeps it real. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and when he talks to, to the, reporter, he defends himself when he feels like he was in the right, even if he knows that, uh, you know, there's speculation the other way or, or people are questioning his decisions, he sticks to his guns and, you know, that's, he, he's a, he's a clubhouse guy, somebody who gets along with a lot of people, but he also, you know, believes in himself. He believes in, uh, his, his approach to the game and, and his decisions that he makes in game when he consults with his fellow coaches. And, uh, I don't think he's going to be changing any of that anytime soon. Yeah. I, but then at Twitter, I know that, you know, it's not, nobody really pays attention to it. Um, so kind of like kicking off, looking forward, because let's, you know, let's be, let's, you know, we ended today, uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon on a positive win. So the Nationals are about to enter a couple of games home. Um, what should Nats, Nats fans be paying attention to? And what are you going to be uh, looking at during this upcoming series? Yeah, I, I think the the big thing is just con the offense, whether it can continue, uh, you know, the, the, the good feelings that it's had. Uh, obviously, that game in the middle of the Cardinals series wasn't optimal. They only really tacked on uh, any more than one run in that ninth inning uh, on that advised di dive attempt from Tommy Edmonds. So for that, other than that, they only had one run all game. Um, so overall, you know, it's, it's whether the offense can continue. I think all eyes are going to be on Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg to bounce back from their past poor performances. Um, and, and then you get guys like Strasburg, I mean, uh, sorry, Scherzer and, and Ross to continue what they've been doing. Um, but I, I do think that the big spotlight is going to be on the offense. Uh, you know, can it, can it produce at a level that it needs to the, the Diamondbacks offense doesn't scare me all too much mm -hmm. uh so i don't think that they're necessarily going to need to score a ton of runs to walk away with a series win this weekend but 
I do think that, you know, this is also an opportunity for them to really build off of it, show that the offense uh, can hang around, that it can be, you know, a playoff caliber offense and can get this team back up to 500 because, you know, the, the pitching has been a strength for the Nationals for a long time. But we've seen, you know, we've seen Strasburg struggle. We've seen Corbin struggle. Sometimes the offense is going to need to pick up these starting pitchers. And is this an offense that's capable of doing it? I think so. You know, it scored six run to, runs today. Uh, you know, if it can score, if the Nationals can score six runs a game, they're going to be a pretty good spot. But we'll see if, if that's something that they can do night in, night out, because you're not going to have Josh Harrison reaching base four times and, uh, you know, things like that every time. So we have Fetty um, and keep me honest here, uh, Fetty Thursday night, uh, Max uh, on Friday, which, by the way, I'm so excited because I'm going to be at Nats Park for the first time. I'm really excited. Congrats. And then, <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, and then do we have Corbin on Saturday and then, so, all right. It's, uh, tomorrow is Corbin. Oh, okay. Friday, Friday, Scherzer, Saturday, Fetty, Sunday, Strasburg. What do you think of that? Like, what do you think of the, 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 you know, the rotation right now? I, yeah, this is kind of the first time that we are looking at, okay, here are the starters for the next five days, you Mm -hmm. know, with the nationals up until this point, the kind of piecing together rotation, Oh, is Corbin going to be ready because he had to fly in late and he was cleared, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is the kind of the first time that we're going to get to see that. Fetty obviously getting another start. He had a good bounce back performance after a really rough go of it uh, against the Braves the first time in that double header. So uh, he'll get a third chance before probably going back to the bullpen, at which point John Lester will replace him uh, in the rotation. So that's going to be a really important start for him uh, to just kind of show that, you know, I don't, I shouldn't be DFA'd. Uh, at this point, because you have to feel like with him now out of options uh, this season, the Nationals are going to be reaching a breaking point where they have to decide what are we really going to do with Eric Fetty? Uh, you know, if, if Joe Ross really has won the spot out of the rotation, is he going to continue to be a guy who bounces back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen? Are we going to make him a full-time reliever? What exactly is Eric Fetty's future with the Nationals organization? Uh, and this start could go a long way to showing like, look, I, I, you know, I can still hang around. Davey Martinez really wants to, to see him pound the strike zone, uh, you know, not, not nibble at hitters like he kind of did in that Braves game uh, where he starts chucking a lot of balls. You know, they, they want to just see him attack, attack, attack. Uh, and, you know, if he does that, that's something that I think translates well to the bullpen. Uh, you know, if, if he can, you know, switch to a reliever role where he can add a couple ticks onto his fastball and he's really attacking hitters with it, he, he could be a weapon. But uh, for now, it, where he's taking things one appearance at a time and, and this Saturday start is going to be pretty important for him. Have you heard any updates on the John Lester or where John Lester is at in terms of his like preparation and also uh, Will Harris? Um, I know that, you know, obviously from the closing spot situation, have you guys gotten any updates? Yeah. So Lester is going to pitch a sim game tomorrow, Thursday, uh, and he's going to aim to get to around 50 pitches in that start. So he's at the alternate training site in Fredericksburg right now. Uh, if with him getting to 50 pitches there, you would guess that he probably needs at least another five days, which in which case he would be able to pitch around 75 pitches. Now, do you think the Nationals are willing to bring him back and have him go 75 and then go to the bullpen? That, that very well could be the case. They may decide to give Fetty one more start before uh, he you know, really comes back and is able to give them a full hundred uh, in a regular start. Uh, it's just going to kind of depend on how he responds in, in this game tomorrow, the sim game, uh, and they're going to go from there. As for Will Harris, uh, definitely an improvement uh, from where they were at two weeks ago when they thought he had a blood clot. Uh, it, it now is just being diagnosed as a hand injury. They haven't set a timetable for him, 
he has not pitched off of a mound as of two days ago when we last asked Davey about him, um, but he was planning to get a bullpen session uh, within the next couple of days. So I would guess that we get an update by the end of this weekend uh, on what exactly his timetable is going to be and when he might join the Nationals bullpen. And that's a, that's a really significant thing for the, for the Nationals is getting Will Harris yeah. back because, you know, with the, the bullpen, we, we've seen Tanner Rainey struggle so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people were hoping could be a potential weapon at the back end. And with his struggles, you know, he's obviously could turn things around at some point, but Harris being the dependable veteran that he is, uh, you know, that's going to be a really big boost for them. Um, what has it been like uh, covering the team this year? I know, um, you know, it's obviously a little bit different. You're not traveling or um, you're not at the press conferences. Like, I don't know, like, what's what, like, how do you feel every day? Like, you know, covering uh, a team that's like dealing, still dealing with COVID issues. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely different. I mean, my, my zoom background's blurred right now, but I'm in my bedroom and this is where I, I do a lot of my work is covering uh, um, the, the team from afar, you know, through zoom, watching them on TV. I haven't been able to go out to the games yet. Um, and it's, it, it's definitely weird. You know, I, I miss being able to go into the clubhouse and talk to the players one-on-one, you know, being able to, to grab Scherzer after the scrum and just say, Hey, can I, can I talk to you another 10 minutes? I just want to, you know, mm-hmm. talk to you about your preparation for today or whatever, you know, th- those are the kind of things that you don't get, uh, you know, ha- being everything virtual, everything through Zoom. Um, it's, it's interesting because everybody asks the same questions. We all get the same quotes. Um, so it, it definitely, uh, you have to kind of be creative, you know, coming up with <laughs> oh, what am I going to write about today? What is what, what is the most important thing? What do I know everybody's going to write about versus, you know, what is something maybe is a nugget that, that I could unearth a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's, it's a unique experience, one that uh, I've enjoyed, but also I'm looking forward to, to things loosening up at some point uh, and, and getting out to the stadium, getting around these guys again, and, uh, you know, just really feeling like things are, are back to normal. Have, have is like uh, MLB given any indication of when that's possibly going to be happening, any timetables, or you're just they're just kind of, you know, looking at the rest of the country uh-huh. right now. I mean, you know, everything is up to the local governments in terms of how many fans can go in and what, uh, you know, the rules are for uh, each team in terms of COVID protocols. Like DC actually made the Nationals put an additional player into COVID protocols that MLB did not originally say needed to be. Hmm. Uh, so DC was actually stricter than what MLB was doing. So, uh, the league is kind of at the mercy of all of these local governments around the country and for the cities that each team plays in, um, it's just going to kind of depend on, you know, is herd immunity going to be a possibility? What does vaccine distribution look like? Obviously with Johnson Johnson being mm-hmm. uh, delayed right now, uh, that's obviously not a good sign, but I, I think overall we've been trending in the right direction. So hopefully, you know, midway through, or by the end of this summer, we really start to see things opening up and, MLB did say that if uh, players in the clubhouse, uh, if at least 85% uh, do get the vaccine, they consider that to be herd immunity among the, the clubhouse, and they'll loosen up some COVID restrictions for those individual teams that do that. Uh, the Nationals, I don't believe, are at that point. David Martinez was asked right after he got the uh, or the team got the vaccine, and he said he wasn't sure, uh, but said most of the players did get it. So if they aren't at that point, they're close. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see if, if more guys, you know, jump on and they can get to that threshold. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for joining the podcast again. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we'll make sure that we're definitely following you. Where can we follow your work on Twitter, Facebook, all the, those great social media platforms? Yeah, you can uh, check all my stuff on Twitter. I'll post all the links on there at by Matt Wyrick. And uh, you can check me out at NBCSportsWashington.com. 
Awesome. Great, Matt. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. And this will do it for this episode of In the Clubhouse. If you like this episode, please make sure to like, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can follow us on all the major social media channels at The Nats Report.